Hallo. Ja, welcome to the No Opinion Podcast. Episode 4. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't experienced the podcast before, um, it's us as the Agency of None Design Studio looking at what design is and what it means to people. And we try and what we're trying to do is, is get as many of those voices and thoughts and opinions as we can um, to try and look at it from as many different perspectives. Over the next two episodes, we're going to be talking about our trip out to Helsinki. Yes, so we went to uh, the, f- the frozen tundras of Helsinki and, uh, and took two days trekking through snow to meet lots of different people. Uh, <laughs> You've made it a lot more dramatic than it actually was. Can build it up. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, before we went, we set up um, a whole load of, of different um, chats and recordings with key people uh, within the city of Helsinki, all with different roles, all at different organisations. So I'm going to apologise before I read out the list of people that we chatted to, because, yeah, my finish is not great. No, I think that was probably one of the reoccurring things in our meetings was our pronunciation of things, not just people, buildings, places was different to how they really were. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've put this over two episodes. Um, and in the first episode, you're going to hear a conversation with uh, Pia Lettinen of the Design Museum um, and also the Design Helsinki Design District. Laura Alto, who is from Helsinki Marketing, uh, which is a marketing company for the, the city, owned by the city. Um, and... Also, we we had a, another conversation with uh, Anu Mantari and Paivi Balaminos. Uh, Anu is from the city of Helsinki, and Paivi works as part of the Design Museum. But they are very much involved in getting the city to embrace design and design thinking in everything that they do across um, all the services and, and everything, I suppose. And that that conversation wasn't recorded um, pa- partly because we were meeting in the cafeteria of the city hall, which was in itself a really interesting experience because they um, they have a, a facility there where people can come in and have lunch and basically mingle with their politicians, their mayor um, sit next to them, chat to them, um, ask them questions um, and that, that kind of probably, that probably set, set a bit of a tone for how a lot of our, our um, encounters kind of went is that, that people were very involved with things and there was a lot of um, trust put into people, I think, uh, to, to, to meet and chat and uh, carry out things in a way that was good for society as a whole. Yeah, and yeah, it would be uncommon for them to be standing in front of the, the mayor in the queue for the buffet, um, which I think, yeah, I think you're right in it, that it set a tone and it was, I think that the real thing that we got, especially from the, the conversations that we hear in this episode, is that there's a real element of faith and trust in their citizens. Um, and I think that's something that has obviously changed relatively recently in the city's history, um, and it's a narrative that they're pushing through the through the marketing of the city, um, how they talk about the events, how they talk about the activities, that everything in the city is taken from the citizens' perspective, and a lot of it is about empowering the, the people of the city to, to get involved and to have an influence on the future. One of the things that was really interesting in that conversation that we did have there was their um, idea of uh, supporting, seeking out and supporting uh, what they refer to as agents of change, um, people who wanted to do things and do bold things and new ideas and uh, take the city forward. 
and they they had um, currently about how many? About thirty? Was it? They said it was somewhere between thirty and, and fifty of these what they called agents of change. Yeah, and I mean that's the other thing to note. So this is within the city of Helsinki. Um, essentially like their, uh, their version of a city council as we'd call it um, but it actually encompasses all the like the, the firefighters the, the schools, the dentists um, so they're the biggest employer across Finland Only the police force, that's the only thing they don't uh, uh, um, employ uh, for obvious reasons I guess yeah, and so yeah, they talked about it will get mentioned in the episode um, uh, briefly, but in uh, the conversation we had at City Hall, it went into a lot more depth about how they've um, sort of embedded design within the, the decisions and the things that are happening in the City Council to empower people and to improve the services and the offering, um, and also that so the city becomes much more a, a facilitator to help things happen rather than to be the an organisation with the sort of overarching control, they can just help these things and help people make things happen. Um, and I suppose so. They have these these agents of change embedded, um, who may well be designers or have worked in the field of design, um, or just real advocates for design. But they said they also have maybe one hundred to two hundred people um, within this sort of forty thousand people organisation that um, are trained in design thinking um, and how to use design methods. Um, which is also helping them lead this this change and and lead this sort of base of of design knowledge within this organisation, which is a relatively small number of people, but they've seen a massive impact over the sort of last five, ten years um, with this approach. And they said that what they really want to see happen is that everyone within the organisation, especially at City Hall, has an understanding of, of design and design thinking and design methods. Shall we get into the first episode? Yeah, um, so first you'll hear from uh, Laura um, from City of Helsinki Marketing and then uh, we'll go into the conversation we had with Pia Lettinen from the Design Museum and uh, the Helsinki Design District. So yeah, let's okay. um, get into the episode. I'll get the button. You put it really far away. I know. It's so heavy. So hello, uh, my name is Laura Aalto uh, and I'm the CEO of Helsinki Marketing. Uh, and Helsinki Marketing is uh, as a company owned by the city of Helsinki and uh, our job is to uh, make Helsinki known in the world, <laughs> to put it on the, put it, put it in on, on the map. Um, and I've been involved with design for many, many years. Uh, when Helsinki was the world design capital in 2012, I was uh, in charge of marketing and communications for the project. And it was a very international project. So uh, we promoted Helsinki heavily abroad. Uh, and um, it was also a project that was well ahead of it, its time, so to say. We talked a lot about social design, uh, service design in 2012. <laughs> which was quite weird back back in those days uh, and now everybody's talking about those things so what, what was the understanding of design in helsinki before 2012 um and how did it change after that well you must remember remember that this is a country that has a uh, country and city that has a very strong um design reputation and design kind of uh both cr- 
credibility, but also kind of like pride at the same time. Um, this is this is going to be a quite long answer, right? but um, when Finland became independent in 1917, uh, this was one of the poorest countries in Europe, a very very poor country, a lot poorer than poorer than other Nordic countries. And early on, we the politicians were wise enough to understand that the only way up is that we have everybody on board. So the country from the very beginning very strongly believed in education. And at the same time, uh, we were when we were building up the new nation, um, uh, we were building it for each and everybody. So everybody need, needed to be along. And we never had a tradition of having, you know, fancy objects or fancy design or, you know, fancy castles only for the ones who can afford them. But from the very early on, you needed housing for everybody, each and everybody. So the, the, the idea of the social shows design being thing that makes the world around you better for all of us is, is, is there. So it's a very kind of like, um, uh, how would I describe, inclusive process uh, from the, the very beginning. And then after the Second World War, uh, when Finland lost the war, uh, we were in, in war against the Soviet Union and we lost the war and, and, and it was a very uh, tragic time uh, in the 1940s and, and 50s for, for the country that was still a very, very poor country. Design became something that we got recognized internationally. So we got, they were the Alvaro Alto became uh, famous globally, and you know there were uh, uh, other there were Finnish designers, Kai Frank, uh, uh, Tapio Virkala. I mean those big names that gained reputation in the 1950s and 60s. So the kind of like we noticed that okay, design is something that we we're known for, uh, and uh, uh, and and this is kind of like. Very often I, I hear people saying here that design is in the DNA of the Finns. And and if you go to a Finnish home, you always, I mean, everybody has these Itala glasses or the, these, I mean, we're sitting on Artec chairs here. So this is kind of, it's everyday objects. It's not fancy objects only for the ones who can afford it. And you can buy Itala glasses in a supermarket in Finland. So it's a, the brand is positioned very differently. Uh, and then, um, but to go back to your question, um, I think uh, um, because designers and architects had been involved in creating a future society for such a long time, that it wasn't a new thing in the uh, uh, early 2010 when kind of like these new ideas of design started to, to emerge. But it was something that we, the designers very easily could relate to. That, okay, I mean, uh, in the 40s and 50s, there was not enough housing or, you know, not, not enough uh, chairs and so on. So we needed, you know, uh, we, we needed to provide that. But now it's not about objects, but it's about better solutions for the everyday life. And having that background, um, um, I think one of the uh, one of the key things was also the 
the uh, the idea of Alta University, which is which was founded, I think two two thousand and ten, I guess, and it's a joint university of technical school, technical university, uh, business school, and uh, design school. Um, and now there are several of that kind of universities in the world, but at the time it was one of the first ones who who merged three uh, three schools. Um, and uh, the process started already early 2000. Um, and when they were forming the new university, the city officials of Helsinki, the city of Helsinki got interested in the idea that, okay, I mean, if design is good for the business, why isn't design good for the cities as well? So they started to kind of like experiment with the, with the service design projects already 2000, maybe seven and eight, kind of very early on. And you know, hiring designers to work for the city, and you know, trying to understand that okay, what could we do differently? Um, and then um, now, when looking back, ten years back, I think this World Design Capital Project 2012 was in many ways a kind of like an an introduction process for uh, service design and social design in a larger scale for the whole, uh, for all of the city um, officials. So it was quite, quite a normal way of envisioning the future of it by involving designers. So, like, I mean, would you say with lots of little prototypes saying almost in 2012 that got people thinking about how it could be seen in, in, in years to come. Yeah, I think I think that was that's, that's a good way to, to put it as, as prototyping and but but you must remember that the world was quite different then. So I think that the the, the public, the, the general audience was was kind of like because they were quite a lot against the project as well because they they thought okay um well design is something tangible we see around us and and now you're talking about services and design is actually all around you and what is this so it's really kind of like the public opinion wasn't so strongly for the project uh, uh in, in the beginning locally here but then we got a lot of international attention to the to to the new uh, helsinki's new way of envisioning design um, so uh, when there was the international awareness and attention so then the local public also kind of like got interested okay I mean this is something new and really now when I see the legacy I think the most important thing is that the, the kind of like we have a new way of envisioning the public sector and really talking with I mean talking with the, the end users and talking with the public and really uh, co creating uh the public services so i mean from from 2012 you you moved on to uh my helsinki um and was that did that exist as a as a, a concept already or did is that something you started when you um no well i i first worked for the uh for the world design capital year until 2013 and then we had a legacy a project called Design Driven City, which was kind of when we had a couple of designers working for the uh, for the project, and they um, they worked together with the different city departments. And then um, uh, I joined this company, Helsinki Marketing, three years ago. Uh, and uh, this used to be a fairly traditional um, 
DMO, so Destination Marketing Organization. It, used to, it was called Visit Helsinki back then. Uh, but uh, Helsinki had by that time started a process of uh, rethinking the marketing of the city and that we need to do uh, kind of like brand building on the larger scale, not only uh, destination marketing or, or uh, working with the travel trade and, uh, and congresses and so on. Uh, and uh, it was a process that was uh, um, um, not run by the organization that I'm working for now, but uh, actually run by the city. So the ownership was uh, within the city organization. And uh, uh, because the city of Helsinki is, uh, is a large entity, it has uh, 40,000 people working for the city. Mm -hmm. It's the biggest employee in the country. <laughs> so you know, the public sector is big because they take care of schools and education. So education and healthcare and you know everything else except except police, basically. So so the the city really uh, has a kind of like a large variety of different kinds of things uh, that it takes care of, and it didn't have one single brand that. It didn't connect kind of like different services that the city had together. So the idea was to kind of like um, build the brand in the way that people felt ownership and people people felt pride of their own city and so on. And so it was a process. It was a process that um, uh, when creating the new brand strategy, it took more than a year, maybe a year and a half, and it was also very. Uh, co-creational process in the sense that it wasn't a, a you know we didn't hire uh, ad agencies to create a brand but to kind of really talking to people and talking to locals then what, what what was in their mind that was so special about the city and out of that work uh, uh, came kind of like uh, the marketing concept my Helsinki that we are now running in this company and it has the um, the promise of like being the being yeah, like your local friend to the city that whoever you are you, you don't know the city you can kind of like you can count on him or her and you know he or she guides you around the city and tells you his her, her secrets. Okay, so that, that's a. I mean, was that that sounds like a big challenge to turn a sort of traditional marketing of uh, Visit Helsinki kind of brand to a very citizen-focused sort of mm. identity. Did, was that easy to, to achieve with that? No, I, I think it needs time. Mm -hmm. So that you, you don't do it over a year or two, but it's this This is something that has been going on now for three, four years. We launched the site maybe a year and a half ago, uh, but it had been going on for a longer time before that. Um, and then also, uh, also the fact that because Helsinki uh, was a bit of kind of like overshadowed by by its Nordic neighbors, Stockholm and Copenhagen had, had they had been uh, they had got a lot more attention uh, than Helsinki, and uh, and we noticed that uh, there's I mean we are a strong Nordic capital as well, but we are definitely very different city to Copenhagen and Stockholm and a bit more edgier 
a bit more kind of like more Eastern influence and, and we're proud of that. And also changing the mind in the way that we don't, we don't need to have something coming from outside, but actually what is already in here is exciting and showing the true Helsinki and showing the true kind of like the what locals feel so special about this city is 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 the secret uh and um i think uh all in all this destination marketing is changing heavily all all over the world maybe amsterdam and i am amsterdam brand was one of the the the, the big changes in the world in the way that the kind of like uh, very uh, kind of like first of all believing in localhood mm-hmm. and uh, locals are the, the the ones that make the city interesting and secondly um uh that what we basically do is that we're not building a, an image we are it's about identity so kind of like strengthening the identity that the city actually has. is looking at what's already there i mean we, we've yeah. discovered from our previous chats as well that the um, I think there's a lot of trust put into citizens as well mm. in the city and a lot of, you know, we, we were learning about Restaurant Day, for example, mm. which as a concept, I believe, goes on around the world, but um, is new to us. Um, yeah. An idea that people cook in their houses and then they allow people to eat that mm. in locally. And that seems like a, a lot of trust put yeah. into people to, to, to do that. Yeah, I think that, uh, it's good that you mentioned the they mentioned trust because it's, it's something that um, not only the society in Finland but also in all Nordic countries we consider that the society is built on trust uh, and one good example of it is that um, I have two kids and I had no doubt of sending my kids to the nearest school because I believe I have trust that it's the best school in the world so there is this idea that if we pay a lot of taxes that there is that it's there are, I mean, smart people who who use the tax money, uh, and it bo- works both ways. Uh, so that there is also um, also the civil servants or the the public sector trusts people that they. I mean, if they are given certain you know advantages or certain freedom or certain whatever services they are you know smart people to use them and this is um i think this is it's very very crucial about how the city works and we have we for instance we are um, uh, more and more working with uh, um, um how do you call this um participatory budgeting and this is i think it's, it's it, more than anything it's about trust you know having having kind of like believing in the fact that actually the locals know uh, what are the things that they would uh, do differently and what what, it, what are the things that would make the, their everyday life better. And of course, it doesn't mean that I mean, the whole budget of the whole city of Helsinki is participatory budgeting, but it's kind of, it's growing more and more. And, you know, thinking it also as a process of, uh, you know, gaining more trust. Uh, in in the way how it's organized. So the participatory budget is is basically giving certain city uh, challenges in a way to to locals to to decide how to attribute 
funds yes. and and what it's spent yeah. on. I think Dundee trailed it, something similar to that last year. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and and it it was more to do with like you know play parks and you know dropped curbs for wheelchair access things like that so things that would make life a little bit better mm. um, I'm not 100% sure how well that was how well it was received overall I have to have to check mm. on that but it was an interesting experiment that, that that happened and I hope they're going to try and do more of it yeah and I, I think what's important is that it's not only a pilot projects but it's an ongoing way of uh, you know developing the city uh, we have uh, a department within the mayor's office that is specialized in uh, engaging with uh, uh, with with um, uh, with the locals. Uh, I mean, there's a it's a fairly large d- department actually nowadays. I think there are more more than fifty people working there already. Kind of like all different kinds of engage engagement projects within the city. Um, and they also taking care of the uh, participatory budgeting. So having it as part of it, it, that it's an everyday way of uh, envisioning the future. And I think this is very much about uh, what this uh, design thinking involving design in the um, in in the city processes is all about that it's not a it's not a kind of like fancy kind of like a icing mm. on the on the top but it's a fancy thing that you put on top but it's something that is there from the very beginning uh, and do you think that people that are taking part in the participatory budget stuff understand that it's a design process that they are involved in maybe not and i i don't even think that it's important that it's uh, kind of like name it that this is design and this is not design uh, because it's, uh, it, I see it more as a, as a, as a kind of like um, way of understanding people. <laughs> it's, it's human communications, uh, and whether it's whether they use design methods or whether there are uh, designers involved in the processes. Uh, I, I, I think it's good, but but it, it we don't need to name it design. Uh, every time. So I'm just wondering about on the city scale, you obviously have a lot of like cultural venues um, and a lot of different things going on in the city. Um, and, yeah. and, in, in my Helsinki, um, the, the website in particular, I think it does a great job at giving you that perspective from the locals. But I'm kind of interested to find out how the all those cultural organisations and, and you guys here work together to sort of promote design in particular um, to the people that are coming? Well, um, like I said, um, the 2012 World Design Capital Year was a very visible uh, project abroad uh, and it got a lot of attention to, uh, you know, this emerging design scene in Helsinki and all, you know, these Helsingians are doing things a bit differently or interestingly. Um, and um, even before that, uh, design and architecture had been a reason to come for many visitors. So there's a, there's a, um, uh, and we've noticed that uh, we have more and more of those visitors who um, 
who kind of like have a very specific reason to come to Helsinki. They they don't, I mean, of course, there are those who do, you know, round trips in in the big sh- ships on the, you know, on the Baltic Sea and so on. Um, but more interesting is those who, the growing number of those is are the kind of like people who have a certain commitment to something that might be designed, that might be architecture, that might be heavy metal music, which Finland is uh, very strong on, that might be education, for instance. There's a lot of teachers coming here to kind of like, you know, they've read about the the Finnish educational system and so on. And really, and actually, I think for a destination, those visitors are very, very meaningful and they're very, very important because they are the ones who are your brand ambassadors in the future because they are they're interested in, they're interested about the things that are that make this space uh this place special uh and uh to help them to experience for instance design i think our job is to open them windows and you know tell them the stories behind the scenes i mean tell them where to go and you know introduce local designers to them or um, you know talk about also about the the Alvaralto heritage and and those kind of things so make it easy to kind of like get an easy access to 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 those things um and um we do uh so Helsinki is located uh up in the north and we do get a lot of visitors from Asia because and that is partly because the national air carrier Finnair has been very strongly focusing on the Asian market. So they have more than 40 direct flights weekly only to China and then to Japan and Singapore and so on. So this is a kind of like, it's a, it's a big hub between Asia and, uh, and, and Western world. Um, and uh, especially uh, Japanese visitors have, like most Japanese visitors have a very strong design commitment when they come to to, to Helsinki. So they want to see the all the Artex stores, the Itala stores, you know, the very specific ones. So our job is to pro- provide them in information and insight to, to this scene. So beyond beyond the website and say social media, are there other sort of tools or things that you use to, to get that information across? Well, uh, an important kind of like um, event during the year is the Helsinki Design Week. This is it's taking place in September um, and it's uh, it, it's uh, one of the oldest design weeks actually in the world and, and it has been growing into a platform of many many things happening so I mean city also very actively takes part and it's, it's a platform where we talk about the, the, the things we do within the um, within the city organization but it's also important in meeting meeting place for uh, international media and then the design enthusiasts who come to to Helsinki to, to take part in the in these events and then in addition to um, to the website what we do year year round is that we have um, especially during the the summer months which is the peak of visitor season, we have, um, it's called Helsinki Helpers. So we have young people walking around the city, <laughs> city center. We've had this for more than 20 years. So they're kind of like local guides. 
age from 18 to 22, but, um, like young students who uh, talk, who, who can speak many languages. And so they are the kind of like, uh, they're kind of like a walking tourist information offices. And we think that also it, it's important that they are, they are the face of the uh, tourist information. Of course, of course, we have the traditional tourist information at the railway station and at the airport, but really kind of like having um, you know, people who to talk to and who to ask about this. Um, and often it's said about the Finns that uh, we're rather shy. We don't are not that talkative, but once you get a Finnish friend, you, you'll have him or her forever. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, so and, and people uh, speak rather good English here normally. I mean, most people speak English, so it's uh, so, and they even like to, to talk to foreigners and, and, you know, guide them through their own city. What do you see the, the, the future of sort of city marketing as being? How do you see it evolving over the next few years? Uh, this is a very interesting question. Um, I think tourism is changing big time, even more than we can imagine now. Um, uh, the um, I, well, just recently, I told my colleague that flying has become like smoking used to be. It's kind of like it used to be cool that you said. 10 years ago, five years ago, oh, I'm going to New York for a weekend. And now if you if you say now, it's kind of like, oh, New York for a weekend. I mean, that's big. So kind of like it, it's it's socially not accepted as it was. So um, uh, I think that the idea of traveling close, um, you know, looking at your neighbor countries, or we even, you know, traveling in your own country, is growing. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure we're not we're not stopping flying, but but the kind of like uh, how we can compensate it, how um, when coming to a destination, how you can make sustainable uh, choices. Uh, this is something that we're working very much on at the moment. Um, so the kind of like making it easier in Helsinki to make the sustainable choice, and you know making it visible that what what are I mean what kind of uh, where does the food come from and you know uh how is the hotels heated and and, and things like that uh but uh, and i think uh it, and then when thinking about uh city marketing uh i think um there's been a, a strong boom for this localness for 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 about five years uh, in in many in many destinations, and my Helsinki is one uh, one solution for this, uh, and I'm sure it won't go away. Um, but uh, uh, at, at the same time, I think it has become, or it will become, even more important for for destinations to understand the the importance of positioning. So now if you look at, I think a good example is that if you look at the social media channels of different destinations, they all look the same. There's a, the coffee, coffee cups, there's, a, you know, the sunsets or <laughs> sunrises and, and, you know, it, it, they all look, it, it, there's not the, they don't position differently. 
compared to each other. So the kind of like visual storytelling becomes more and more important. I'm always interested when when uh, city always, cities always want to mark themselves as being a sunny place. Yeah. And, and Dundee's doing that as well. Yeah. It's like, it calls itself <laughs> sunny Dundee and it has yeah. all this thing. And it, they, you know, it's like, what, what about when it's raining? You know, what, you know what's, what is there to do? Yeah. How do you promote or market differently for yeah. how the weather is going to affect things? Um, but Yeah, we, we do talk, think a lot about this. So kind of, uh, it, it, we, we need the marketing imaginary, of course. I mean, we, don't, we can't put all the <laughs> gray photos on the, on the Twitter or, or Instagram. Um, but uh, at the same time, I mean, look at my Helsinki uh, Instagram. I mean, this this is kind of like we're struggling with that. I mean, we need need to be our own, and we need to be Helsinki, but we cannot. Uh, uh, at the same time, how do you tell the regional story visually? But there's an yeah. honesty as well, isn't there? Yeah. To things yes. you have to kind of like I mean, people don't want to see overly photoshopped or no. or. Const- contrived images it's like and and how do you how do you get that into the marketing uh. um that's that's a very very good question i think um uh one of the ideas for us was that when we met the the the, the helsinki uh, marketing strategy and brand concept for the whole city uh, as part, part of that was also the visual imaginary so so the kind of like the authenticity uh, is a very very strong part of that uh, and we we try to keep that in mind uh, in, in all of our uh, all of our marketing materials as well uh, but um, it's not an easy task I would say, and I, I think because I, I very carefully follow what other cities are doing. <laughs> None of us is doing it that that perfectly, but really, um, and and of course we work a lot with social media influencers nowadays, and they they do. I mean, they they start to look more. Most of them also start to look more and more more and more the same. Um, but uh, to go back to your question, I think um, in city marketing the. The, the meaning of visual storytelling is becoming more and more important. And then um, another thing, what we've been experimenting now um, uh, a little bit uh, is the the possibilities of uh, VR. So uh, Helsinki just recently uh, launched uh, a kind of like digital twin of the city. Uh, it's virtual Helsinki, uh, if you look it online. Uh, and uh, basically, you can explore Helsinki virtually when you have the VR classes. You can go around the city virtually. And, and they go inside places as well? Partly, yes. Mm-hmm. We, we are coding it uh, more and more th- uh, at the moment. But uh, there is a 3D model of the whole city provided by the city. And then there's a private company who's been working on top of that. Uh, and uh, there is a part from part of the uh, part of the city city center. There is a digital twin created um, uh, by a company, Helsinki company called Zoan. So it's it's really it's really cool. So the, all the kind of like what we can experience, how to 
create the experiences there, not only kind of like look around in 360, but really experience the, the things. And, like and, sauna. I mean, how cool <laughs> would that be? Go virtually. Well, go if, if, if you could feel the, the, the sauna as well, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. Then, then, then it's good. I mean, but in a way, you're talking about... Um, uh, you know the sustainability of tourism a minute ago and, and then you're talking about virtual mm. Helsinki is that uh, an antidote to that that sustainability problem is there a point in the future where you think people will visit the city in virtual only and to be able to update that in an almost real-time way would be a solution to that I'm, I'm I'm hypothesizing into the into the future here yeah well I, I think you you, t- you tack the knots very very well because <laughs> mm. this is I think of course we still want people come here and experience the city but we, we cannot have everybody here we know I mean it was small destination and and we see the the results of over tourism or unbalanced tourism all over the world I mean look at Venice or look at Amsterdam or, or many other cities so uh, I think the cities should be concerned of the unbalanced tourism before it is a problem. So they they should work on that a, a kind of like in the longer term and giving, um, and I think for us, this creating a vir- digital twin of Helsinki and creating a, a, a virtual possibility to visit the city is also part of the, uh, the kind of like sustainable tourism development. Uh, and uh, of course, we need to create marketplaces there. We need to kind of like, <laughs> uh, kind of like that it supports the 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 uh, the economy here. Um, but still, the, this is what I'm talking about when I'm talking about sustainable tourism. Because you know, the city we're from and, and Dundee, they they've they've just opened a, a V&A Dundee, which is a big you know design museum and tourism is a massive thing. Now it's like try and bring people in. They've had 350,000 I think people mm. in the first few months, way ahead of target, and to me, I think first of all that's great, and then I think what's the impact that's going to happen? You know, where you know, will we suddenly be a city of Airbnb places, and people will be running out of housing because mm-hmm. you know there's too many tourists? Well, my uh, my greetings to Dundee is that you should start thinking about this before it's too late, so that the the, the one the moment the locals turn against the industry, is you've lost the game. So talking with the talking with the locals, ha- having locals take the pride and ownership of the new new things coming there. So we also had a new museum opening here, uh, the Amos Rex Art, Art Museum. Actually, I think the same week as Dundee. Yes, the week Dundee. after it was in, or it was it was in one of the design magazines the day after the V&A opened. I think I saw it first. But, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, and it, it was like so much love by the locals. We had a. Uh, I think we had the first exhibition that just closed down had 250,000, oh, 260,000 visitors. <laughs> it was a crazy number. Uh, and it was lines like uh, like all, all those first months all the time. I mean, <laughs> people lining for a museum. Same as Dundee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy, but it's wonderful. Yeah, so, uh, but um, my point there is that it was locals. So it was locals who, mm. who kind of like uh, took the ownership of, these, uh, of the city. And uh, I'm kind of, I think this is also something that you should um, uh, talk to your politicians about because uh, the politicians and and the industry, the tourism industry, um, very often they only talk about numbers and growth. I mean, you know, how much growth, I mean, how much growth in overnight stays. And there's only one part of it. So what the, the more important is that what it brings to the city, I mean, both uh, in, uh, like money-wise, but also uh, kind of like 
how does it impact what kind of impact it makes uh, overall to the to the city um, and uh, I'm very uh, I'm very happy that actually we have a mayor who uh, uh, says is also out publicly that Helsinki will never be a mass tourism destination and we don't even want to be and 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 we are we are maybe more focusing on the quality than quantity and so we want to the ones who are our true friends who are ex- interested about things that what we have here and we who want them to come here and that's when the the design tourism or architecture tourism or kind of like cultural tourism uh comes along so we've been quite um we've been quite systematically now uh positioning helsinki as as, as a new culture destination So there's, I mean, there we had the Aldi, the new central library, we have Amos Rex. We will be launching uh, at the Venice Biennale this uh, May, uh, uh, um, a thing called Helsinki Biennale. It's a new contemporary art biennale, uh, which takes place on an island uh, close to Helsinki. Public art, uh, free of charge, you know, site-specific public art. I mean, really creating something that is unique for the place. And um, and these are the... then then we get those ones who are really interested in, in not only going to whatever destination, but really coming to Helsinki. Okay, Helsinki has these cool things. And not just for the cliches. You yeah, know, exactly. You get that, in Scotland, you get that a lot. People just, mm. you know, I remember speaking to a group of people from who visited from Europe um, and saying that there was where's all the tartan shops and the, and the bagpipers. I'm thinking, that's what I like about Dundee. Yeah. It's not like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I mean, you're, I think you're right that what we need to work on i think in dundee is that curating that experience that that an individual has when they come to to dundee or when a group comes to dundee and ensuring that we are we have a great offering in those like specialism so in design in architecture and and have the the support and the sort of backing of the the citizens and the people who live there um and i think that's something that is really important that we develop and capitalize on as as well as the the growth that that's coming with it Yes. Um, yeah, I think you're completely complete right. Because, uh, I mean, look at the supermarkets. They're all the same all over the world. I mean, who's, I mean, interesting going to the same chains that you have everywhere in the world. But the, we are excited about the unique things and what, what makes think places differ from each other. And it's encouraging those unique things to happen. Yeah. So, again, it comes back to trust in people yes. and developing internally almost you know yeah. your, from your your citizens to what they they can provide for the yeah. city um, yeah and I, I take one good example which is uh sauna i mean sauna is something that is very true to our culture i mean i was told that i was six weeks old when i first got to sauna <laughs> as a baby so i mean this is how you i mean this is what baby families do so babies go to saunas as well um and there was a very strong tradition in helsinki to have um public saunas uh in the city so when the people had small apartments there was a uh, not in every block but there was a lot of sauna public saunas um uh, in the uh, in the blocks uh and that tradition almost died out in the 1970s and 80s so when they started building new houses it was quite common that for instance in the 80s you had a two bedroom living room and a sauna Uh, in an apartment, which is not environmentally very kind of like wise. Uh, uh, but then when these uh, environmental questions became um, more and more important and, and the kind of like this no, new urban life started to rise in Helsinki, uh, we've seen a boom of public saunas rising up. 
And it's not the same as it used to be, but it's, uh, again, a new version of this this uh, this sauna culture. So now there is this architecturally amazingly beautiful Lulu uh, sauna <laughs> by, by the sea where you can go, you can go, um, uh, you can go swimming uh, throughout the year. Also, when we have ice or then there is uh, the Allah sea pool, which is a kind of um, which is also another swimming place with also warm water, but it's in the uh, uh, in the in the sea. So this is a kind of like I think what's so special that we're creating new ways and new ways of um, experiencing the uh, the old tradition, which tells that it's a living culture. But um, one question, maybe just to finish on, um, so I think we're going to try and ask everyone this. But um, what what does design mean to you? Oh, that's a good question as well, and also a very tricky one. Um, I think what's I'm not a designer, but I've worked with design for 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 a long time. I think what's um, what's so beautiful about design is that it puts people in the center. Of everything so the focus is on understanding the human behavior and how he or she interacts in different circumstances whether it being sitting on stool or whether it being using a, a some kind of service and this this kind of like strong focus and you know um, will of understanding really the uh, the human behavior uh, and and kind of like creating a form or a frame around it whatever it whether being a kind of like tangible object or 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 a service or or some system and uh, and also when working with designers i've learned a lot from this um i i love watching the process of design how it's it's kind of like seems messy and chaotic in the beginning but then all of the kind of like the strength how you how you kind of like come up with something that is beautiful and logical and you know ma- makes completely sense it's it's really amazing so i think it's uh, and, and i really uh, uh love this interdisciplinary teams where they are people from dif- different disciplines working together and and designer is always sort of is, is a wonderful add to these these groups Hello, hello, I'm Pia, Pia Lehtinen from Design Museum and Design District. I'm working as the head of sponsorships and cooperation at Design Museum Helsinki. So working with uh, our partners, uh, Design Club Business Network and Marketing. And then also um, at the moment I'm the chairman of the board of uh, Design District Helsinki. So working closely with the design scene uh, inside museum and, and at the city. So to sort of start off, um, to talk about the, the design museum itself, what what is the museum's role uh, within the city? Well, of course, we are a um, design museum was established already in the 1987. So the, all the collections are from that, uh, that uh, time. So it was first established as a study collection and then evolving as a museum collection. So we are really kind of old museum uh, and I think our role in the city is really 
of course, uh, introducing design, both Finnish design and international design for the locals, but also uh, for the tourists. And we are something that when people want to do design, we are here every day. So if you think about the events, festivals, and so they're coming and going, but we are we are here to stay in a city every day. So if you want to see design uh, or feel design, so just visit Design Museum. And how does design in a museum sort of context, how has that changed over the years since it set up in the 80s? Of course, then it was really um, kind of finished design has been, and of course still is very functional, uh, beautiful and functional. But like you can see, the, uh, what it is today is also very much about digital design, and service design and concepts, new materials. So we do have a lot of uh, glass and ceramics, furnitures, textiles in our collection. Um, but really this kind of new areas of design has also shaped uh, the kind of museum and collections and and exhibiting design. Yeah, because I, I think for us, I mean, having had the V&A, so our design museum open mm. very recently, um, we're still establishing all those relationships and, and how they work within a city. Because um, I noticed that you've, you've got something called a design club mm. as well, which yeah. is more business focused. So I was yes. interested how, how you engage with businesses and in particular sort of the creative businesses that are in the city. Mm. Yeah, design club was established uh, about three years ago and that is also something that we are um, doing together with Art University and, and precisely Aldo School of Art Design and Architecture so Aldo is our partner for the club and Design Club is really helping companies to enhance their businesses with aid of design so they are members uh, both as I can say, design intensive companies like Marimekko Fiskars, but then also uh, companies like Pharmaceutical Information Center. Like they are really, uh, they want to learn more about design, how to use design in their business, uh, meet designers and maybe find new partners and do collaborations. So that is, I think, a new form of doing collaborations with businesses so we have a kind of big network of companies uh, kind of uh, well, that we can we can kind of educate and give and, and show kind of our history and our uh, know-how about design but also because it's business club they are educating each other so it's kind of a it's kind of like a safe space for for businesses to understand how design operates or how it could really? it, it help them without maybe feeling like they're they're having to contact designers that might talk them into something maybe say they didn't want to do or how it might yeah. work. Yeah, I think that museum is a really nice platform, but there's kind of a uh, kind of safe environment to learn because there's we are kind of non-commercial space, so. There is safety environment to learn and not like kind of do business right away, but about kind of learn and feel how, how things are going and ask questions, ask also those so-called stupid questions or what kind of 
when people kind of companies are learning of course they're not stupid questions but i mean that uh, really companies can learn and ask ask those questions and really start i mean does uh, the, the lot the, the staff then that work here in the design museum mm-hmm. do they have a, a background in design often or do they have a lot of training in what design is so that they they are so it's kind of intrinsic in what they do well, if I see how our whole staff, so we have art historians and uh, we do also have designers here, working here. So we vary uh, from different fields. So, yeah, it's a very, and then I'm, I had a marketing and economics background. So, so we are really different kind of people working at the museum and that is kind of the, it's really important to have in that way so we can also understand but concerning the design club we also think that when we are educating companies so Alta University has a really big role in that because we know that there is kind of the researchers there is also business school and like we can have the whole package and and with their support of course our knowledge but also from the kind of this uh, university background so I think they are supporting really greatly so in a sort of practical sense how does design club work is it it regular meetings is there an sort of online part of it or how does that actually operate yes we do have a kind of uh, annual program for the members so we have different kind of we have this we call them as a working days so we are creating the program for the companies and we are really uh, focusing future and really fo- kind of future oriented so a lot of uh, how they w- we educate them or kind of show them things that they need to know when preparing for the future so we are di- really discussing about the growth and uh, digitalization and uh, really new technologies and future future focused future, yeah, very, yeah. yeah very future focused and we have this um, different different kind of meetings. So working days where we uh, we are working together. We do have seminars, workshops, where we also handle companies' uh, own ideas or, uh, as we say, problems. So they can bring their problems, and then we discuss them about together with different businesses. And the the, the sort of businesses that you have involved are they on the sort of a varying scale so they might be really small to really big or what's the sort of demographic yes got there? yes yes they are and we are actually now opening opening up of encouraging encouraging also kind of startups to join so that is of course really important for the startups that we get the uh, design there as early as possible like inside the company and the all the that they are they know how to use design and, and how they can benefit for it. Um, but also the startups will bring kind of, there is really kind of the cycle is so quick and they have new ideas and fresh, fresh thoughts and, and so, so they can really bring nice elements also for the kind of so-called old companies. I think that's really nice to do. It's something, I mean, we often find certainly in Scotland and, and where we are that if they have to make cost cuttings for example design goes quite quickly because mm. it's seen as sometimes it's seen as a luxury 
um, when if you're a designer doing design properly you know it's a necessity and you need to kind of probably have it in there from the start and and use it properly so it's it's nice to educating in that sort of direction as well i don't know if that's maybe in finland it's it's different maybe people understand design more intrinsically well yeah yes yes and no of course kind of um design uh design itself is really something that uh kind of but we still feel it really uh through objects so Yes, there are a lot of we, we kind of enjoy our own design, and we uh, so our, our kitchens are full of Arabia and and Itala classware and and things. So we have a lot of uh, design in our homes. But of course, when we are talking about business sector and these new areas of design, so service design or or digital things, and how design is evolving these things. So there is still also a lot to do. <laughs> I'm glad the problems are not just ours. Yeah. <laughs> um, you're also involved with the Helsinki Design District. Yes. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about how, how that came about? Well, Design District uh, was established already 2005. So we are already teenager, actually turning 50 next year. Uh, so Design District is um, is an association, a network of companies. So at the moment we have uh, over 200, I think 225 precisely, uh, member companies in our network. And right now I'm I'm the chairman of the board. So so. And how do people become part of the Helsinki Design District? How do those companies sort of sign up? Well, they need to apply. So every month we get new applications, applications for co- different kind of companies. And uh, then one thing, kind of major thing in our board is to kind of go through the applications and 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 then accept. So it's a, a curated sort of. It uh, is curated, yeah. Yeah, and 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 it's almost an award to get the sticker essentially for the place or get on the map. Yeah, the map is kind of still, we have this, of course, we are developing the kind of uh, digital things very strongly, but also we still have this actual paper paper map and both um, entrepreneurs, but also kind of visitors are really enjoying it. And they are, you can see a lot of maps <laughs> walking <laughs> in a city. I think we like that in Dundee as well. There's, there's yeah, maps yeah. everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, but really like when we started... Uh, well, I wasn't involved, of course, at that time, 2005, but when they started, when Design District was uh, established, so it was really about few streets and entrepreneurs along those streets. But now when you see the map, it's very spread around the city and around the center of Helsinki. Because if you're curating different design practices and different mm. design places then they don't have to move to a certain area to be part of it they can be wherever they want to be in helsinki and still join up is that well uh at the moment kind of this our map is framing the area really it is the centric area but also there has been now discussion about that what is kind of happening in the area should we create it more tightly or should we kind of spread to it to cover kind of design district to be kind of 
whole Helsinki or or something. Or it's tricky from a tourist point of view. You want to go to an area and see it all <laughs> because course. you don't have much time. But from a, from a practitioner's point of view or a, a restaurant or a, a shop, you want to just do it wherever you can get good rates or good uh, good rent uh, for your premises and not mm. have to move to a certain area. So yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> but but really, we have a lot of different kind of members. So not just design and fashion boutiques and shops and stores, but also art galleries, hotels, uh, cafeterias, uh, b- different kind of showrooms, design agencies, so also B2B services. Well, we've noticed just even walking to here today, you know, how visible design is on the streets yeah. and how you can see into a lot of agencies, architects, uh, service design studios, see what they're doing inside there. And is that a conscious decision for people to do that so that design's visible? Or is that just a maybe a cultural thing? I, I maybe maybe both, but I think when when we feel that design is really part of our heritage, also you can say, or really, and also kind of Helsinki is really about design city. So I think that is also that we want to be really in in that sense, kind of open and and democracy and all these. Uh, equality has been or are really kind of words that are strongly connected to the Nordics so that is one thing I think to be open also and open up there are a lot of creative as you say creative companies and architect studios and so on in the center but yeah yeah I think it's great and there's obviously you have this identifiable mark so you have the Helsinki design district Mm. logo and sort of uh, white on black circle which is identifiable when you're walking past the shop you can see that that certain shop is part of that district but I'm really interested to find out how how you decide whether someone is right to be part of that and how you ensure that throughout everyone who's part of it that you ensure there's a quality like a level of quality across Mm. across everyone yeah we have a kind of this criteria that we go through so what kind of valid added value design brings to the company and their business so so that there are kind of points that we go through when we see the kind of the actual store and what kind of marketing they have or what kind of a kind of web pages and the whole brand and image what kind of of course products where they're made and and all these things we go through. So if they have good products, but maybe don't have a good web page, do you, do you, do you recommend that they increase a, their online quality better and then they can maybe reapply? That is, that is interesting because then we, we kind of see that what is the kind of how the, how the company is really, uh, how you can see from the, the shop level and how it differs on the digital level. This is still about, we are doing kind of brick and mortar stores and, and kind of physical locations. So in that sense, that is really important. And that is the first things that we see, that how, how the shop is, what, what kind of the shop is and what kind of image that gives. If, if kind of, if visitors see just one place, they see that there is a sticker, so, how it represents design district that is the that is the one thing that we kind of every time we thought that if you see this is the first what you see and how it's so it's it's curating the image of design district uh, as well as the 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 premises itself and could it be could the place be 
predominantly online? Could it be? Is there a, is there a is there a way of branding Helsinki Design District as a only an online place? Well, we um, so they not kind of an online place. There should be uh, kind of you need to be able to kind of buy things from uh, from physical the place. physical place or from the area. But we now we have actually last year we started this kind of pop-up memberships. So because the business is changing, there are a lot of pop-ups, summer and Christmas pop-ups and so on. And that is also kind of part of part of this uh, kind of city culture. So we want to support that and we have this kind of pop-up memberships. So because there are a lot of design pop-ups during like during the Christmas time. Mm. So we also uh, kind of accept those if they otherwise uh, we can check the kind of the qualities <laughs> qualities of the pop-up. And what's the obviously you have a, a large number of members, which is two hundred and twenty. Twenty-five at yeah. the moment, yeah. Um, so is there quite a high turnover of people coming in, dropping out? Um, how does that work? Well, of course, the when businesses are evolving, so they may be changing the places. Usually, they they will stay on the map, so they just change the location. But of course, you can see these comings and goings. So, of course, club shops are closing down and the news are coming. And also, uh, they are changing businesses. So, they are, there are shops that are just moving to online. So, they are dropping off the actual physical location and chasing. So, that is also a question about business. And, get, and changes in that. Yeah, that's kind of what I was meaning. That if they did have a presence and then they they kind of close that shop and they're only online, mm. do they still be part of Helsinki? But they have to have a physical presence. Or, they, or, yeah, yeah. They it's about really about the people can can see and feel and and visit the places. So at the moment, yeah, no kind of online memberships that you can be everywhere. And <laughs> so what is that? So the, the the sort of the management structure that that sits behind the Helsinki Design District. How does that? How is that structured and how does that work? Because, mm. I mean, how many people does it take to, to run it? For to run it, yeah. We actually, we have a, our executive director. We have Annina, just actually new director started uh, in, the, in the beginning of January. So she is doing kind of full day job. And then we have this, our board, which is really active and supporting also her work. And we are do- doing a lot of things together. And then, of course, we try to encourage our members because this is this is kind of our joint network. So we have different kind of meeting, work meetings, and and groups of kind of developing, uh, like like our market events or 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 late night events or so. So then we are collecting these. Uh, active entrepreneurs or members who wanted to join to development and then Anina is running the kind of process and 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 this kind of but really there's a kind of one one people working at a full time and then then the board supporting so um, Helsinki and uh, Dundee they kind of share a a designation together the UNESCO city of design mm-hmm. and how, yes. how important is that designation to to Helsinki and to the design museum and what what you do with the design district as well do you do you come across it often yeah well of course they are kind of we are I think supporting each other I think uh, when 
we are really as as kind of as a design district we are we are supporting uh Helsinki uh to be a design city and we believe i think both in design districts but also at museums that we are something that kind of create the city and create the design in city also so we are part of part of this thing and and people can kind of see and feel design in these spots every day so whether it's shop or whether it's museum or whether it's uh created a restaurant created with a design district sticker so as a member so we believe that all these are creating the city and um, and all these bring kind of all these festivals and events and and uh, members these shops and things so they they kind of they are doing the they are doing the city within of course people <laughs> but but kind of if, if we need this kind of things to to kind of keep city alive yes i think i mean that's one of the things that we're mm. really thinking about for for our own city for for dundee is that mm. design needs to be more visible and yeah. i think that's one of the things that helsinki design district does really nicely and really well especially that sort of accessible shop front <coughs> style design studios which is something yeah. we just we just don't have um, in Dundee at that sort yeah. of level yeah. when you're wandering up the street you'll not yeah. be able to peer in and see yeah. someone working on yeah. something and I think also this kind of a networks like Design District is really supporting the kind of small entrepreneurs so so they get we are kind of part of the uh, marketing and PR team in a sense that it really also allows small companies to work so they don't have to of course they need to do their own work we are not covering everything but we are of course supporting that and creating the the kind of the whole marketing thing for the for the members so so that would also i think allow and create interesting things for the city that they are not just kind of big chain chains and kind of uh, also you can see from the uh, within all these interesting shops and cafeterias and those are really creating this interesting city yeah it's, so it's a unique yeah. experience as yeah well. it's a it's unique what, experience yeah, yeah. And, and that's okay. and that's probably really important you know, for cities in the future is is, is is developing that in you know not just helsinki it's kind of how do you get their own identities out of the people that live there yeah and that is yeah and that is something i think for the kind of also for the big cities that when uh rents are rising and really it's also about real estate development and things that uh, to kind of allow uh, kind of affordable rents also for the entrepreneurs because that creates kind of the kind of the buzzing and living environment so if we just kind of if have really high rents and so that small entrepreneurs cannot enter so that will also cut this uniqueness what you can see and helsinki rates quite highly on the livable cities index uh, i think it was number nine the last time yeah. i think it's been number one at, at certain yeah we are what a happiest city in the world and what yeah. all these <laughs> all these things but i mean a lot of that is you know a lot of design is important to that uh, in is. many ways and, and how people experience their city and how they mm. get around and how they enjoy it Mm, I think so, yeah. And it's really about the kind of how cities functioning. It's about city transportations and city bikes and 
it's about allowing different kind of events. We have this cleaning day and restaurant day, cleaning day where the whole city comes in the parks and and sells their stuff. Like a kind of few well, like a player sale. market. Right. Oh, cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought they got out and cleaned the streets. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they own houses <laughs> and offices <laughs> and everything. And then restaurant day when everyone can create a one day restaurant and arrange the restaurants in their homes or at the streets or you can see restaurants everywhere. I mean, that, that puts a lot, you know, that puts a lot of, I guess, um, trust in the people of the city because, yeah. you know, um, I think in Dundee, particularly our city, I think people would probably, people in, in uh, who, who are responsible for the city would probably worry about the health and safety implications of letting people cook stuff in their yeah. houses and serve, serve it to people, so it would probably not happen. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have also discussed a lot about that in in Helsinki, but but it really has has been really marvelous time for the everyone can kind Sounds of great. create yeah create tell all kind of uh, exotic restaurants and f- fine cuisines at homes or smoothie bars and whatever mm. everyone can kind of create their own things. And, and does that spawn businesses out of that? Do people maybe test some things using that I model? Think that is, yeah, yeah, I think that is a kind of working also for that kind of as a testing phase. So what is design to you? Everything. <laughs> it's life. <laughs> it's really about, I think, uh, as, a, as a museum, we say that uh, making kind of everyday life better so it's, I think it's everything. For me, it's everything. So that was episode number four uh, with Pia and Laura. Yeah, I think it was quite interesting hearing from Laura there about how they um, market Helsinki and how, the, how they, they you know, have a particular type of tourist in mind that they're trying to attract. The other thing is our honesty as well. I think she was very open about the things they don't do well, in particular talking about Instagram, which I think is a relatively new platform um, within Finland. Um, the last three years or so, it's only sort of started to, to gain popularity, but saying that they really have to work out how they differentiate themselves. And I think it was, it was quite refreshing. And I think it was something that we got from a lot of people is that they're very open and honest about their their failures as well as their successes, which I think is, is great. I think the other thing that's kind of interesting as well was the idea of having a sort of digital double for the city and, and how you use that for, um, or potentially look to use that to, when people are maybe not traveling as much in the future, if they if they decide that air travel is something they don't want to do. Um, but I kind of, I also kind of wonder what that sort of role of that sort of model is within you know, bigger city planning decisions, like how you use something like that to test things, use it as a prototype um, beyond maybe just as a, as a tourist tool. Mm. And then also um, speaking to, to Pia and I think just even wandering through the streets of Helsinki that design is, is very apparent at street level and I think um, that's I mean also thanks to the Helsinki Design District and the black circle logo that you see in a lot of places pulling a lot of different businesses together um, and then as that collective they sort of are they have much stronger identity and they have much greater drive for customers and the sort of um, public and tourist facing uh, representation. And there's a kind of controlled quality a little bit there as well, where they're kind of keeping, you know, a, a sort of curated approach to, to those places. So you know that they're going to be of a certain standard. Yeah. And I think what was interesting is that they're not necessarily all traditional 
uh, traditionally what you think of as design businesses. Um, so there are cafes, restaurants, um, as well as the other things and, and service side of things as well, which I thought was quite interesting. But then that there isn't that, that sort of translation to digital. So um, it, it is very much bricks and mortar focused, uh, which I mean, they may well move into. Like which kind of sits, it sits a funny, in a funny way, it sits alongside the virtual Helsinki idea of the of the city in a, in a you know, in an opposite direction to that, you know, it's like what happens in future if, if they are trying to make people visit a virtual Helsinki, you know, as a design district, have to have a bricks and mortar shop to be part of that. Yeah, it's kind of, there's some interesting little thoughts about that, which we probably could get into for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, so that's it for episode number four. Um, if you've got any thoughts or opinions on stuff that was brought up, um, then get in touch through at Agency of None on Twitter and on Instagram. Um, and listen to episode five as well, which is also from our Helsinki trip. Um, but it's much more focused around private businesses. So we speak to Ansi from Varplug, um, who are the design studio who created the identity for Helsinki. And then we've also got um, Kai from the Cable Factory, which is an old industrial cable factory that has been converted into creative and cultural space and um, which has got a really fascinating business model and then we move to Amos Rex which is a brand new private art museum and um, that has this amazing square that um, guys were snowboarding on when we were there and they're going to put um, sort of skateboard contest in, in the summer and they've just had the I mean, an amazing uh, team lab exhibition that saw, I think, 270,000 people visit, which is just crazy. And queued around the block for it. Yeah. Um, so that's all in episode five. So go and listen to that as well. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Let's push the button.